Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. To celebrate the release of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, we've got a special next-gen console episode of Level Up for you this week. In this special episode of Level Up, my Reach PLC colleagues James Ide and JC Sutton join me to discuss the brand new Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 next-gen consoles. James has been testing out the new Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S, whilst JC has been reviewing the PlayStation 5. Together, we discuss both consoles in great detail, including comparing the two in terms of design, gameplay experience, features, loading times, controllers, games, pricing, and much, much more. Enjoy. Today, we're talking about the next-gen consoles in a next-gen console special edition of Level Up. And there's no better people to be joining me on the podcast than my Mirror colleagues and uh, games gurus, James Ide and JC Sutton. Uh, how are you guys both doing? Uh, yeah, really good. Obviously, super excited. New consoles in hands, so barely containing all the excitement. And I am knackered from all of the video game playing and reviewing, but it's it's been an exhilarating time. But yeah, it's been it's been a lot to do. Of all the first world problems, that is probably <laughs> one of the big. I'm so exhausted playing new consoles. Uh, oh, my my <laughs> wife is uh, yeah. She heard me whining the other day about how I was so tired because I was up all night playing video games while she spent the whole day looking after two small children, both with colds. So uh, yeah, <laughs> she's not impressed. Yeah, having to convince my friends. It's a real job, I swear. This is a real job. The life, the lives of and tribulations of being a games journalist, eh? Who would do it? Yeah, so if you guys just want to introduce yourselves and just give us a quick rundown of uh, what you do and, and how you do it, please. Uh, JC, you go first, mate. Oh, crumbs. Um, yeah, so I'm um, JC. I'm a, a communities editor for Reach Nationals, but also I do some uh, video games writing for The Mirror, um, mostly doing reviews and whatnot. Um, yeah. And I'm James Ide. I am also a community editor at uh, The Mirror. I'm also a games writer and tech writer for The Mirror. Um, and yeah, I do a lot of reviews and a couple of news stories here and there and cheeky bit of features, you know, that kind of thing. Thanks for joining me on this episode. It's 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 been such an exciting past couple of weeks with the new consoles coming out and I know, James, you've been on the uh, Xbox Series X and the Series S for a, for a, a week or so. And, and JC, yeah. same with you with the, with the PlayStation 5. So there's no better people to, uh, to have on to talk about these new consoles. And before we start, I've had the Xbox Series X for about 12 hours. Um, I got it delivered yesterday, so no, uh, I've got a limited amount of experience on it. But I haven't played the PlayStation 5, so I can't really comment on that. But I will be chipping in whenever you talk about the Xbox. I'll be able to chip in and and give a few details on on my initial feedback. But let's talk about the experience, first of all, with both consoles. James, do you want to start with the Xbox Series X? Yeah, so this is the first like Xbox I've properly like owned for quite a long time i've i've played the one and the 360 and the original actually but they were all like belong to housemates and things so this is my first time really diving head in and like completely owning uh an xbox and uh yeah it's 
really easy to set up, super, super simple experience. I even had, because I'm a PC gamer primarily, uh, some of my games transferred over to the Xbox, which was great, which is pretty handy. And then, of course, you got things like Game Pass as well. I signed up for Game Pass pretty much straight away, and obviously that unlocks uh, hundreds of uh, games for me to play. Yeah, the experience of it was uh, its phenomenally powerful. I mean, in fact, even unboxing the thing, the first thing you look at is a hell of a statement that the shape of it, the design, although all the current, well, next-gen consoles, they seem to be making a bit of a statement with their looks at the moment. So this thing is just a massive slab <laughs> of, uh, of gaming power. And even when you boot it up, you know, when you start running games and, and installing things, it is fast as hell and pretty much all the tech inside it is kind of built towards that aim you know the the architecture the hard drive um even the cpu and the graphical power is so damn fast um and that was the thing that shocked me kind of the most about it and obviously games look stunning but it's a next-gen console that's kind of to be expected uh i was surprised that even with the s looks very 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 good some of the features I'll go into more detail with later, but you've got things like uh, quick resume, uh, 120 frames per second, obviously 4K, native 4K, proper proper 4K. Yeah, so it's awesome. It seems like Microsoft have learned their lesson really from the when the Xbox One came out, the original one, because yes. I remember that was that was 100 pounds more expensive than the PS4, but it was less powerful. Yeah, they seemed a bit arrogant at the time, and, yeah. and they've definitely learned from that. They've learned many, many, many lessons bar one, and again, we'll probably touch on that later, but there's one thing they haven't quite learned yet, but everything else like the tech, the price, uh, and creating such a consumer-friendly kind of experience you know, with things like Games Pass and with, I forgot the name of it, but the scheme where you can buy an Xbox for like uh, monthly payments. Again, just lowering the sort of bar for entry for to get people into their ecosystem it's it's absolutely genius yeah and i think one of the things that i i've kind of learned from from having it is just it's it's like chalk and cheese with what i had before even like the xbox one x that i had before um the initial impressions of it are very very impressed with it um jc do you want to just give us a quick rundown of the the playstation 5 for us uh yep so uh the playstation 5 is one better than the playstation 4 uh <laughs> and it's i mean this it, and they're all kind of uh you know there's a big leap in technology kind of all around really and while obviously we're not a big a graphical leap as say between previous generations i think we're going to be because talking about a lot more about performance issues um, and improvements and that's the same with the ps5 uh having like recently kind of been playing a lot of my ps4 the jump to ps5 has been quite remarkable um obviously you've got you know, 4k gaming and kind of up resolution and you know improved powers but again it's the, the increased power and, and like vast loading times and I mean, I'm playing uh, Miles Morales at the minute, Spider Miles Morales, and the, the time it takes to go from like, the menu to loading the entire city of, of Manhattan, essentially, in a few seconds compared to the original Spider Man on, on PS4 is, is mind blowing. It's sort of, uh, it, it feels like magic, to be honest. It took a really exciting time, and the PS5 is just, it is a beast as well, both in terms of its power and the sheer size. I was genuinely like, taken aback when I took it out of the box. It's, it's really light but it's really, really massive. And I've got it on a small table, which makes it look even bigger. Um, yeah, it's just been a really, really great experience. And does I think it with the go, PS5 as well, part of the... Sorry, mate, does it go... Does it fit in, like, anywhere, sort of... Does it easily go under a TV? Does it, what, you mean does it through, fit in naturally anywhere? Through doorways or... <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's just... It's quite... As well as it being quite wide, it's quite tall as well. 
that's what that's what's weird about it. I'm sort of I think where we used to be of consoles being possibly kind of you know wide but quite squat but this is kind of the kind of the, the white collar things on the top and bottom kind of add it add a lot of bulk to it I've not I've not got any slots left in my entertainment center to put it in because again first world problems I've owned too many consoles and things and bits and bobs so it's literally like quite ungainly just plonked on the side of my entertainment unit on a very small side table it looks a bit precarious but it's not yeah it's just yeah it's just a very strange choice especially when you look at I've got like the PS4 and the like an Xbox One next to it and they seem like tiny comparison especially the, the PS4 as well but obviously as we've seen in past generations I'm sure there'll be iterations where they kind of shrink it down and you know, kind of this different colors and things like that so who knows how that's going to work out but yeah i think we're definitely seeing the big boys because i know the xbox one x is fairly chunky as well so it's just uh yeah interesting aesthetics that are being chosen let's start with design then do you, do you like the design of it i do i think we've had a generation of very sterile black boxes like when i like i say i've got an xbox one and a ps4 next to it and they're kind of very all straight like lines and angles and yeah not particularly pleasant for the eyes and then next to it you've got the ps5 and it's it's quite it's quite graceful it feels like it's been designed like you know it's, i think it's quite easy to just draw a box and be done with it and just pack loads of tech into it but this feels like it's they want you to kind of look at it and appreciate it and yeah for it to be a, a, treat, a treat for the eyes and i know the the collars on the, the top and bottom you can kind of fiddle around with those and stuff but they just add a lot of grace to it and they kind of soften it a bit as well and even though it is massive because it looks so like nice, I think that takes the edge off a little bit as well. And it's nice to have some curves back because I remember the Xbox 360, how lovely that was to look at, how elegant it was. And we had like some curves back in that generation with the PS3 was slightly curved a little bit. And the original Xbox 360 looked great. And then after that, it was just the black boxes. Now, at least with the PlayStation 5, we're back to, you know, something a bit more organic and space agey and, and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's really lovely. I think it's they've done well. Well, do you know why? Um, do you know why that boxy design comes up so much, JC? Do you know why they kind of default to it? No, because it works. Okay, it works really well. It looks really good. Um, I mean, it, it even dates back to things like, well, obviously predating it, but the NES. You know, that is a box. That is a classic like boxy square design and i think it works really well for consoles i actually like the, you know the ps2 and ps3 and, and ps4 like for their i like the sort of black sleek line design i thought that works really well the xbox series x is deviating from it but the ps5 the shape of it it's a monstrosity what is up with the fins the white fins at least make them level with the like the actual console itself or make them serve a real purpose or make them black something oh i see i see what, what happens is james has rolled up his sleeves and he's uh he's looking for a street fight and uh, that's what you want james that's what you're gonna get uh no this, i mean they, they both have their own unique looks but stuff like the ps2 that was a, that's a very classic design and i like that but i just think it's just nice to have tech that doesn't necessarily look like just a blur a boring black box so i think from a distance you would not be able to tell necessarily what the xbox one series x so the Xbox Series X. Oh, let's go. Get my, uh, <laughs> That's another picture, point right? we need to touch on later. Oh God, yes. Um, like it just looks a bit nondescript, I think, and that's fine. Like, cause the thing is, some people want their tech and their hardware to just sort of blend into the background to just understated. sort of be like it's just there. Yeah, understated. They're not that bothered about what it looks like. They, they they care about what comes out of the box, which is obviously the key thing. But there are some people who. Yeah, as, as well as having the tech, want it to look nice. They want it to be like on, be on display, be it, have it be a talking point, or just not have 
like a whole like shelves and shelves of nondescript black boxes in their in their living room. And you know, it's arguments made to me both. I just think it's just nice to have some curves back in, and it's nice to have something to look a bit more organic and and friendly. Um, and yeah, and it's, yeah, it just I just really appreciate the fact that it looks different from my PS4 and my Xbox One. It just stands out. It kind of catches the eye um, to the point where my, my three-year-old son keeps trying to talk to it because he thinks it's an Alexa because it looks so kind of cool and futuristic. And nothing obviously doesn't speak back to him, but he keeps like yelling at it, whereas uh, you know, my Xbox One and PS4 do not get yelled at because they just look just like nothing. I think it's clear that the the two companies, Microsoft and Sony, have gone for very different approaches in terms of look. I mean, the Xbox, as we're going to touch on James later, is, is very kind of understated, minimalist uh, in terms of its design. The, the PlayStation 5 is just out there, look at me type thing. What what I really like, though, about the PS5, the way that there's the details on the actual white skin on the outside with the little the little details, haven't you, with the buttons, like embossed into it almost. I, I really like that. That's um, a lovely touch, yeah. yeah. It is very nice. Um, I mean, a lot of people talked about it being like a Virgin Media router, didn't they, when it was first released, <laughs> which is, it, it does look a bit like that. But I, I've got no issue with it. I think it looks pretty cool. The only thing really? that would annoy me is, like you said, James, if you are putting it in a space and you couldn't quite fit it in because of them, the little fins at the top that have no purpose other than for design, that would be a bit annoying because... You just want to get it into that space and there's no reason for them to be there other than purely design is there. So I think I think that would annoy me. But if you've got the space for it, then I think it, it looks pretty nice, to be honest. Strongly disagree. <laughs> cool. I appreciate that it looks different, though. I, I, I do agree. Like, it's nice that they, you know, with, with the design of the PS2 and the PS3 and the PS4 all being quite similar. I do appreciate that they tried something different. That's cool. But the sheer size of it, for one, and I just, I don't know why I really have a thing against the fins. I really don't like them. But again, cur- introducing curves back in, I think, yeah, that is that is a cool idea. I mean, one of my favorite console designs is the um, Super Nintendo. And that's, you know, all curves, although still quite boxy. That's a nice kind of midway between. I guess maybe you can't go backwards in that kind of design. So yeah, it's striking and it's different. I will totally give it that. I just think it's impractical and a bit unwieldy. So James, this is your opportunity to to fight the corner of Microsoft then. What do you think about the, the design of the Xbox Series X? So the X, again, I get that that's a statement and not everyone are going to like the design because it is, it is very blocky, okay? But I really like how it's pretty simple. It, it kind of... As JC said, it's it's a games machine. You just look at it. You can't really mistake it for like anything else. I think it fits nicely into most spaces, although it is quite big and it's very heavy. But it's it's a nice design. It's an iconic design. Like you're gonna, you know, next gen and gen after that, you're gonna look back and go, oh, do you remember that that design, that shape? Unless they continue following it, who knows? But um, no, I think it's a strong shape. It's a strong design. It works. Uh, I think there's very little to be offended by. But I can also understand how that could be seen as uninteresting because, yes, it is yet another black box just in a slightly different shape. But I think it's just it's Microsoft rocking up and being all business and just going, look, here's a brick of gaming. Have that. If I could chip in here, because I've had the, the Xbox Series X for, like I said, a couple of hours, really. And the, my first thing was it, it just looks so, like, dominant. It looks like a monolith. Like, you put it on yeah. wherever you, you 
put your games consoles. And for me, it just I always feel like it's almost looking at me, like it's like dominating the room <laughs> because it because it all being black, it's just so imposing. Um, Matte black as well. That's yeah. an important distinction because obviously some previous consoles have been very shiny, and there was a time for yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, personally, I don't like it, but the, the shininess matte is is good. And I really like the talk about little touches with the PlayStation Five. I think with the, with the Xbox Series X on the top with the the little circles and the the slight bit of green inside. Yeah, the I hint of green. So when you get it out of the box for the first time, unboxing it was an experience in itself. I think when you put it on its um, vertical alignment, if you like, I think that's probably the best way to have it because you can see walking towards it, you get that green flash and you get the slight angle on the dome, don't you, in the That's middle where it dips in the middle. I've, I really like the, the way they've done that. I think it's a really nice touch and it just adds a bit more. I mean, they could have just left it as a block, but I think that would have that probably wouldn't have been enough. But I think the top, the way they've done the top with the the little bits and the little circles, I think that's really interesting. Also, more importantly, that design serves a practical purpose. It's, you know, it's designed yes. around Unlike its cooling system. Unlike the fins. I didn't want to have a pop at the fins again. I've, I've already <laughs> made my opinion of them very clear. But honestly, the, the Xbox Series X's shape is is designed to kind of, you know, bring that air in and cool the whole system, which allows it to run, you know, more, you know, have more power, run hotter, but cool itself down. I think I think that's brilliant. That's that's a design with a practical purpose. What more could you ask for? And it looks good. The one thing I will say that's a negative about the Xbox uh, Series X's design is it's very similar to my PC. So my PC is just a bit bigger, quite a bit wider than the Xbox Series X. And it is another black box that sits on the other end of the room. <laughs> so my room has got like, my living room has got like black boxes here and there because I've got like mini consoles and other stuff out. And, and the, the features of the Xbox are very similar to a PC, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I've never really thought, but I suppose like you said, boxes work don't they that's why pcs are like that so oh, yeah you can yeah you can spin it in each way you want but let's look at the the general experience then that you've had with with the consoles um so jc i know from playing online with with friends and things like for example when i play uh warzone with one of my friends who's got a playstation 4 pro and i was on the xbox one x because you can cross play on warzone sometimes there'll be this wailing sound where it, it sounds like a helicopter taking off, and I'd, I'd say, "Oh, what, what, what's that noise?" And he said, "Well, that's my, that's the the fan on my PS4 Pro. That's just how, it. Literally, sounds like a helicopter taking off." Has there been any similar thing with the PlayStation Five, or have, have they got rid of that that sound that has become known with that with that console? Um, I will say it's quite unnerving how silently the PS5 runs. Um, it's it's too quiet almost and i've never running kind of ps5 games yeah you don't hear anything at all and i know what you mean about the kind of late stage kind of ps4 ps4 pro stuff where the fan just sounds like the, the thing's going to explode i think there were times where i would play i was playing at like the last of us remastered and i would just kind of put the controller down and just be in a position ready to just like leave the room in case it did explode because it just sounded so intense um ps5 like 99.9 of the time has been utterly silent the only time i have actually had any noise from it and it was so and it was because it's so silent that it stood out it was when i was testing it out with the backwards compatibility and i installed a resident evil 2 remake on it with the, uh, the other disc and that 
sounded yeah that was intense i'm not sure what was going on there yeah that was a, a pretty strange experience it was very very loud and i'm not sure exactly what the, the source of that is what the reason is or if that's something that they, they are going to resolve but yeah it's something i mentioned in my the review in progress that um we finished up yeah if you want to go on mirror.uk you can read uh you know, my intense thoughts about the ps5 but yeah so that's the only thing there but other than that it's been a very slick smooth experience um you know the the ui runs very smoothly and it's just been yeah like quite pleasant really to have so in, in comparison with the the playstation 4 pro or playstation 4 before it what do you make of the overall experience of it in terms of gameplay in terms of ui um what what's your overall takeaway from the improvements that have been made the ui is sort of they've tweaked it a little bit um it's it feels slightly less cluttered um so on the PS4, you kind of got that. You've got that bar at the top where you've got all the games going on, and all your options and things like that, and this kind of stuff at the bottom that fills in. It's like news feeds and things like that. Whereas on the PS5, it's now more. The bar at the top is a lot smaller, and then it, whenever you kind of scroll to each segment, it will kind of fill in with a big piece of game artwork and stuff. So if you hover over, let's again for example, Spider-Man Miles Morales, you hover over that you'll see some great artwork from it and some music specific to that game kick in um but it just takes up more and more of the screen and it's just more visual and kind of uh, immediate which is quite nice they sort of it's just less clunky uh, which is really great yeah and in terms of kind of gameplay it's it's just been really really fantastic the game's loading very very quickly um and everything kind of looking very sharp and clean and lots more like fidelity and detail on a lot of things as well which has been great and yeah, and then I, I, I will want to talk about the controller as well uh, when we get to it, because that for me is one of the big leaps that they've done, which is it's fantastic. But we'll get into that, you know, at, at the right juncture. From you playing Miles Morales, what what's your thoughts on the, the graphics? Do you think it's a massive step forward from the PlayStation 4 Pro, or do you think that there's still more to come from it because it's just so early on in the life cycle of it? I think, as with any generation at the beginning, you kind of, it's all about the potential and the promise um, of what, what's to come. So things do look a bit better. I think, especially, well, yeah, if you say with Miles Morales, the the city of New York feels a bit more vibrant and alive. There's a lot more detail, especially because, um, so Miles Morales takes place in the winter. So it's snow compared to the Spider-Man on PS4, which is sort of just whenever. Um, the wintertime setting of Mars Morales means there's snow on the kind of rooftops and floors and things like that. And there's there's just a lot more detail. The planes flying overhead, there's kind of more cloud detail. There seems to be more people on the street and they all seem to react more. It feels a lot more like a, a living, breathing city, um, which is fantastic. And the neighborhoods in New York and Manhattan when Miles goes around, there's a lot of uh, murals and artwork on the walls and they pop. They're really, really vibrant and they seem to be everywhere. And even just the details of like brickwork and things like that seem to be more impressive. But as we kind of all know, it's when p- developers get to grips with tech and, you know, really get their hands on what something can do is when we'll see the, the kind of really, really good stuff. So I think in kind of a year or two or three or four years time, we'll look back and be kind of like this, you know, be really, really impressed. But I think, you know, with as video games go on, we're going to see less and less kind of giant leaps of, you know, of, of graphical fidelity. Like I think the last one for me, really, the kind of the mind blowing one was probably the jump from Xbox PS3 to Xbox 360. So the kind of Xbox 360 era, that sort of thing, kind of going forward from that. But I think 
there's plenty more to come and i think we're going to see some really really fantastic looking games but i think for this generation for the time being at least people's focus is going to be on performance on getting the loading times down on kind of resuming games very very quickly and and kind of having loads of features and things i think what do you make of the loading times on the on the playstation 5 is it a lot quicker than what you've you've felt previously yeah massively so like there were times on the ps4 where i would load up a game and then so i'd get to the main menu of that game from the home kind of screen of the playstation and then i would then like load into a, a, a game save and i would have my phone with me and i would be playing another game on my phone like just a random kind of mindless game to wait while this loading screen just loaded and loaded and loaded and even though spider-man on ps4 was a, you know, a very accomplished game there were still kind of loading times it was loading a whole open world whereas the first time it happened with miles morales i was I kind of barely had time to unlock my phone and get to the, the, the mobile game when okay, I was just there, perched on the lamppost, ready to go. And I was kind of really shocked and taken aback and just put my phone down and just jumped straight into it. And I think for games like that, for open world games, especially where you're used to like a massive loading time, I think it's going to be a lot more of a pleasurable experience to know that you can just get straight in there and just and just crack on. And especially for me, who's someone who I've got two kids, so time is at a premium. I need to be able to kind of get in and get out of a game very, very quickly. Um, it's a really, really fantastic uh, feature, I think. And I think that's what people are going to want going forward is being able to just get in, get out. And it's it's just, yeah, it's almost like night and day, to be honest, it's, you know, especially with something that's open world. I'll come on to the Xbox now, James. What what have you thought from living with the with the Xbox Series X in terms of gameplay and experience? So once I booted it up, the UI was very, very similar. Uh, so I was a little disappointed then. However, it was incredibly quick. Very, very, very snappy. But like I said, nearly all the hardware is kind of angled towards that speed. Uh, loading up games, yeah, really, really fast. Downloads were a bit slower than I'm used to on, say, my PC. But they are they were the normal for a console. They were absolutely fine. The games I was running, so I was playing like Watch Dogs and Yakuza, they ran uh, really well. Uh, I was playing them pre-optimized. So I believe, I think uh, Watch Dogs may have been optimized. Yakuza, I don't think has been yet, but they ran perfectly. Basically, nothing you throw at the Xbox Series X makes it even blink. It, it can handle everything. And as we were saying about how, you know, sort of midway or towards the end of a console's life, they really start working out the hardware and pushing it. At the moment, obviously, nothing is touching the hardware. And this hardware in the Xbox Series X really is going to go the distance. Um, things like the CPU, uh, the hyper-threading, which hasn't even really been utilized yet. The GPU in it is a beast i mean it really is uh with things like ray tracing and you know it rendering 4k and potentially at 120 frames per second it's so good um one thing i will say however for the 120 frames um was you really need a tv that can support that my tv is only about two years old and it's a pretty decent high-end samsung one um however it doesn't support this so you need a uh, hdmi 2.1 i believe and a tv that supports uh, 120 hertz refresh rate mine doesn't so i never got to experience the full 120 although my monitor my pc monitor does um and i didn't see a huge huge difference i think with things like games where you're constantly in motion driving games uh, i think i really that's the only time i saw a, a bit of a difference with things like frame rates, so playing things like Dirt, Dirt 5 and things like that, uh, and Forza, things that are graphically nice, but you can really kind of see those frames. It just makes things look a little bit more smooth, a little bit more fluid. 
However, I just don't think it's a, for me, it's not a, a, an essential like must have. Games themselves, yeah, they, they, they ran well, they looked beautiful. The hard drive space, so that's a terabyte, but obviously once you take away what the operating system kind of needs to run and survive, you're down to, I think it's 802 or something. So still right. Uh, it's, it's a respectable size. However, you know, Call of Duty obviously takes a chunk out of that, but it takes a chunk out of any machine. So far, I haven't, I haven't yet filled it. I think I'm about 60, 70% full yet. And I've got, oof, how many games have I got on there? I think I've got seven, maybe eight games on there. I keep deleting and reinstalling things. Like I'm, I'm testing out some of the older games at the moment, which is another thing. Old games. My God. So the backwards compatibility on the Xbox is absolute beast. It's like four generations compared to PlayStation's one. It isn't all of Xbox's games. So that's an important distinction that it's, it's very selective titles. And the further you go back, the more limited uh, library you have. However, I mean, it's still awesome that they're covering four gens of Xbox games. Not only that, but they, uh, they run better on the Xbox Series X and S. So it utilizes the new hardware. So loading times, of course, are reduced. But you get things like um, HDR, auto HDR tweaking. So basically your colors are tweaked and it pops a lot more. They look a lot more contrasty. They look a lot brighter. I use HDR on my PC quite a lot, but seeing it on a console, yeah, it just looks... It's so weird seeing old games in a slightly new light, not just performance-wise, but graphically looking slicker. I think that's awesome. It makes it feel a lot more like a PC to me, which is probably why I'm so enamored with it. Yeah, Jan, you mentioned about the the storage there. I, mean, I know it's something that's been touched on. Um, I've seen a lot of it on social media, but the expandable storage with the Xbox is yes. like a, it's a separate card, isn't it? You buy from Microsoft well, directly and only, you can only buy theirs and it's... Isn't it? It's quite expensive. You can you can use an Xbox compatible um, hard drive, so you don't need to buy one of these expansion slots, uh, expansion cards. Sorry. However, if you run a game off a Xbox compatible hard drive, you will not be getting you know the speeds that you'll be used to on your internal memory. So you kind of lose a massive advantage. However, if you did uh, pay, oh God, I think. I can't remember if it was a 150 or 200 quid for the expansion cards. They're one terabyte, and then you still have the high speeds because they're incredibly fast, and obviously they slot straight in. So you'll still get your wicked awesome load speeds. You'll still get quick resume. Let's talk about quick resume then because that's one of the things that I've been able to oh, test yeah. out. Um, and it's just been an absolute game changer for me. And it, it's, it's just one of them things where sometimes I'll be playing a game on the Xbox One X, say I'm in the middle of a race on F1 2020, for example, and I'll accidentally go onto the menu and I'll mean to click Spotify to change the music and I'll actually accidentally click like FIFA and it will load up FIFA. I'm like, no, I've lost where I was on F1 because it's closed the game because you can only run one game at a time. But with the Xbox Series X, you can run four games at the same time and you can you can start... I think I got it up to five or six. Really, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them were older games, but um, it's it's a beast. I mean... I have to say that while it's such a cool feature, I don't think you need that many running simultaneously. Like you really don't. It's it's a nice little showcase for the hardware. And one thing that's really nice, because there's about three games I'm kind of rotating through at the moment. So I can like play, say, Yakuza, and then later on I might play Watch Dogs and I forget that I had it running and it will just boot up straight away. The best thing 
coupled with loading, you know, the very short loading times of this generation is just you're spending so much less time waiting and quick resume really kind of feeds into that. Like just booting up any game is near instantaneous, isn't it? I mean, you've experienced it, Nathan. Yeah, it's the the load times are just so so quick with these new next gen consoles, particularly the one I've tried, the Xbox Series X. I think some of the games that I've like like you said, JC, something similar. Sometimes I'll load a game up with the Xbox One X and I'll go on my phone on Twitter for a bit because I know it's going to take a while for it to load. Like No Man's Sky, for example, I've tested that out on the Xbox Series X and I barely had time really to even scroll down a bit on Twitter before it come up. It was it was honestly. A game changer. Yeah, your downtime of getting a cup of tea or looking at Twitter yeah. or playing a mobile game is just gone. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 you're playing this. If you add up the time that you waited for games to load over over your lifespan, it would add up to quite a bit. But then obviously with the, with the Series X and the PlayStation 5, that's been reduced and you're just spending more time doing the thing you actually want to do rather than just staring at a screen. So... For quality of life, it's just it's it's a it's such a, a massive change for what we've seen previously. One thing that I'm interested, um, and I've spoken to JC uh, about this, is you know obviously the big thing is loading times being reduced, and the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Series X and S all manage this. This is fantastic, but with games becoming more complex and becoming bigger and starting to make use, I mean, again, we're nowhere near it yet, but towards mid and end of their life where they really start utilizing all that hardware, are load times going to creep back in? Are they going to scale up? Because at the moment, yeah, a next-gen console playing previous previous gens super fast, like with reduced loading times or hardly any at all, is kind of no duh. But the next gen games or the or the the big ones that will be coming you know are we still going to see those short loading times or are they going to creep back in are we going to start having big loading times because yeah you know these games are getting massive that's a great point because both sony and microsoft claim that these consoles will do 8k at some point so when we get not the s though not the s that's important distinction but for the series x and the playstation 5 both both claim that they can do 8k obviously there's no 8k games or anything yet but that's an interesting point will we just return to those normal loading times but have much better quality games that's a very interesting point i haven't thought about that so thanks and how can they get much better i mean (laughs) you know the jump i mean there is a there's definitely a graphical jump between uh playing you know the xbox one x and the xbox series x Bloody hell, that's hard to say. There's definitely a jump, but the jump isn't as big as I expected. And I think with consoles kind of reaching a bottleneck, you know, like even though the tech is getting so damn good and games are getting so big and so complex, we're seeing like to our eyes at least very, you know, the, the, the change isn't as night and day as you suspect. Although I guess maybe that's why instead of chasing graphics, they're going for other things like load times because you can see that straight away. Yeah, and what something I took away from it is the kind of smoothness of the gameplay as well is something that I picked up on. Isn't you can definitely feel the smoother gameplay even in in the con in the games that aren't optimized for the new consoles. You can definitely feel smoother gameplay, and like I said, I think it's just with these the the games that are coming out now in a year's time where developers have had the chance to utilize this new hardware, we'll, we'll really start to see the benefits of, of the power of both consoles. Sorry, JC, did you want to... Yeah, no, I just wanted to power with the whole the visual fidelity thing that James was talking about, how we're kind of reaching a bottleneck. I think it's also important to note that 
the human eye can only detect so much detail and some people have better eyes than others and some people's TVs are at different distances as well and there's certain kind of like scientific things in play that kind of there'll be a certain point where you can't it will be very very difficult to tell unless you have like two different consoles running side by side at exactly the same time on exactly the same TVs and exactly the same lighting situation and I think while you know, pursuing graphical fidelity is going to be something that, you know, games are always going to want to do. There's, yeah, we're going to reach a point where it's just, it's going to, we're going to hit a wall and people are just going to want, right, it looks as good as it's going to look. And now I just want it to be, to load instantly. And I want to have all these crazy features and I want the games to be kind of, to have all this stuff going on. And especially as someone who wears glasses and his glasses are often dirty and his eyes aren't that good anyway. You know, it's can, even for me, sometimes it's difficult to tell and I have to really, really stare at it. And I think for it's more time, there's a lot of people out there who, for whom like graphical fidelity and the leap from the last gen to the, like the, these new consoles isn't going to be as important necessarily. They're just a bit more casual and kind of they're not really after like for them like they don't know what ray tracing is. Uh, you know, kind of crazy resolution isn't some kind of at the forefront. So I think we're going to see now games and consoles trying to differentiate themselves and trying to offer things beyond this game looks slightly better. They're going to want to say, right, well, you can resume your game in, in two seconds. You can store this much on the hard drive. You can, you know, we've got crazy new controllers. We've got X, Y, and Z. So I think that's what we're going to be seeing more of. Until, of course, Red Dead Redemption 3 comes out and GTA 6 comes out and it takes like three minutes to load the, you know, the city and stuff. You kind of set there for ages. So, yeah, something to think about. Thanks for that, uh, JC. And just touching on what you said about the the what these consoles offer that's different from kind of the visual stuff. That's a great segue to the controllers, JC. I've I've seen a lot on YouTube about the the PS5 DualSense controller in terms of the the, the way it utilizes feedback and it's got a speaker uh, actually on the controller itself. And I think that's something that Sony have absolutely bossed this year in comparison to to Microsoft. Um, do you just want to explain why the DualSense is such a massive kind of breakthrough in terms of controllers? Uh, the whole the haptic feedback thing is, it's a real game changer. It's just, it's the next level of vibration and, and rumble. And it just, going back, switching between kind of the, the old DualShock and this, it just feels like night and day. In my review, I say it's like going from, like listening to something on headphones to going, listening to something in surround sound. It's just completely blowing it over the water. So basically... The dual sense when something kind of vibrates and, and kind of there's something happening in the game, the the motion, everything, the rubble kind of it moves almost across, like seamlessly across the pad, and it's almost very like there's a lot more nuance to it, and it happens kind of all over the pad rather. It feels less like it's a mechanical thing, and that's just happening to the controller, like there's just a you know a little bit in there, it's kind of like it's just very organic and from a very natural feeling, and it's an absolute game changer. And you've got that coupled with the far more ergonomic ergonomic design of the DualSense compared to the DualShock. It's just crazy. I mean, when I think about the DualShock controller, which has been essentially been around since the PS1, really, it's amazed, it's amazing that it's been around for so long when you've had other kind of gaming manufacturers have very organic and very kind of ergonomically designed controllers like the Xbox uh, 360 and, and things like that. Um, it just, like the DualShock always felt very rigid in the hand and very kind of robotic and mechanical, whereas the, the dual sense is, that's for me, one of the biggest selling points. It's just, the minute you hold it, it feels like it just belongs in your hand. And the minute something kind of vibrates on screen and and it just it moves from one kind of prong to the other in a very kind of nuanced way, it's, yeah, it's 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 really, really incredible. 
It's great to see as well that both companies are kind of learning from their past mistakes, like we talked about with Microsoft as, with the power of the, the Xbox compared to the Xbox One and the Xbox One compared to the, the PS4. One thing that I remember with the PS3, it, it didn't have any haptic feedback at all, did it in the controller, whereas the Xbox did. And this just feels like they've just ramped it up a notch and it's something that Microsoft just haven't been able to match um, for these next-gen consoles. And I think the the Astros Playroom um, game that's, that's on the PS5, that feels like I've seen a lot of people talk about it. It's, it's, it's almost like that's been created just to show off just how good the, the DualSense haptic feedback is. Have you, have you found that as well? Yeah, in fact, the when you load the game up, it, spe- it like explicitly states that it's kind of designed to show off the best features of the haptic feedback. Like literally, there's a thing on the screen that says, you know, this is going to get you to experience what the you know, the controller can do and stuff. And the tutorial is basically you pushing all the buttons to figure out what they do and get some feedback. And like you blow into the microphone, and the, the Astro character kind of pops out, and you kind of the um, kind of gyroscope, you kind of move the controller around the motion controls, and kind of does something like that. And it will make you do stuff that causes different sensations on the controller via the haptic feedback. It's it's a great little game, but it's essentially a glorified tech demo, but it's, it works really, really well. And I think it's difficult to describe what it feels like in words until you actually hold it in your hands and feel the sensation of it. It just feels a lot more immersive and natural because, you know, the, the dual game, it's like the dual shock. And even I remember the N64 where you just had a thing, just a, a, a lump that you slotted into the controller and that just shook. And it was just very one note, very binary. This feels, there's just a lot of nuance. It's very granular. Um, they're like very specific parts of the controller will vibrate at very specific times in a very specific way. There's just a bigger spectrum of it and it's just far more immersive. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest things is is that I think and, and Sony have needed to jazz up their controllers a bit. I think the DualShock is, you know, it's had its time and they needed to innovate and, they, and, they, and they've done that really, really well. It's just a, a really superior controller. I think it's probably one of my favorite controllers, if I'm honest, I've, I've used in gaming, which is a bold statement, but yeah. I thought that might be very difficult to explain. So you've done a really good job there, JC, trying to explain how how that feels. Because I've watched a few YouTube videos on it because I haven't got a PS5. I haven't got had my hands on it yet. But um, someone commented that with the Mars Morales game, um, at the start, there's a there's a bit, isn't there, where he's on a train and it feels apparently the con- you, the haptic feedback makes you feel like you're on a train with the, the way it goes through the different stations and things. Is that is that Does that kind of sum up the, the experience that it gives you um it feels like witchcraft if i'm honest like the moment you you can the air you kind of you have the controller and you're watching something on screen and it just feels like this really like magical connection between what's happening on the screen and what's happening in your hands it does take you back it, it takes you back like it's yeah that feels like for me one of the big generational leaps is this kind of increasing the connection between what you're doing and the person playing the game and what's happening in the game and it just goes a really long way to kind of really immersing you in it and just yeah just little kind of touches like that um when you're on the train and things like that and even in astro's playroom where you're kind of every impact every kind of jump every movement has its own very unique dynamically created uh sensation and rumble it's just it's absolutely phenomenal yeah you all kind of i, I want to see some people's faces if there's a video of that if someone does that eventually the first time they experience the dual sense and the haptic feedback and i think you'll see a lot kind of wide eyes uh that people kind of being surprised at how kind of incredible it is 
D- don't these sticks actually fight back as well? Um, I know there's a function to like have certain resistances on the buttons, especially on the triggers, where now there's like a, a bigger, there's a kind of a point of resistance. They're, they're kind of it, the triggers pushing back against you means you have there's a greater sense of control. One of the biggest examples of that is the in Astro's playroom and you collect a, a certain artifacts, which are kind of, they're models of classic PlayStation hardware. And they've got these big models that you can rotate, you can zoom in and like the different levels of pressure that you can apply and get the different levels of zoom because the triggers are pushing back against you means you can, you have the ability to apply like different levels of force. It's, yeah, it's just a very unique experience. And I think uh, they've done just really, really well with it. And they've you can tell they've really invested a lot of time in adding great new features to it. And I'm, I'm, I think obviously with the start of the generation, so we're not really seeing how crazy powerful it can be. But as time goes on, I think we're going to see games really use this, uh, th- those features a lot more in terms of the greater granularity of control um, and just the great sensation. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to how like a horror game will use the kind of the, the, the vibrations and stuff or how um, first person shooters down the line will use like the, the triggers in a really unique way. Um, so it's, it's a bright future ahead for controlling, I think. Let's move on to the Xbox Series X controller then, uh, James. Is it fair to say that it would be more of uh, an evolution rather than a revolution, do you think? Yeah, but even that evolution, I have to say, isn't as expansive as, say, the PlayStation's controller. I mean, it's very, very similar. If you've used an Xbox controller, any Xbox controller, as as I said, I'm sort of a lapsed Xbox user, um, and I've dipped in and out through the the generations, and it just feels like an Xbox controller. Don't get me wrong, they've refined it quite nicely, you know. Uh, They've put some sort of grip on the triggers. They've uh, made the buttons feel a lot more sort of tactile, a lot more clicky, which is quite nice. Um, The D-pad has changed as well. Um, But there's nothing revolutionary here. It's, it's, It's all nice. It's all very functional. And there's a few little bells and whistles, like it works on my PC, works on my phone, which is nice. But that's not really anything that hasn't got the wow factor that the dual sense has unfortunately the one thing i will say for xbox is the old controllers are compatible with the um, xbox series uh, x and s and uh, more importantly um, there's things like the xbox adaptive controller which is quite an important point the fact that they have that alone is great and the fact that it's supported with the xbox series x and s i think is also important for people with disabilities or people who you know don't necessarily have the same range Uh, range of motion that you or i may have brilliant thanks james so let's talk about games then um we're almost three quarters away through the podcast and we haven't really touched on the most important part but let's talk about that now so james is it it fair to say that the xbox series x is uh, on paper 20 percent more powerful than the ps5 but at the moment there aren't any games out there really that show the console's full potential Definitely, there's nothing that's really showing off its full power. But, I mean, it's an incredibly powerful machine, so take from that what you will. It's an interesting thing about games. So, on one hand, there isn't much in the way of, say, exclusives, and there isn't much in the way of, like, really breakout titles at the moment. But, on the other hand, with something like the backwards compatibility, literally as soon as you boot it up, especially if you're an Xbox user uh, previously, you have, you know, hundreds maybe even thousands of things at your your fingertips, and especially things like Game Pass. I mean, the advantages Xbox has is quantity at the moment. Uh, Don't get me wrong, a lot of the games in there are great, 
but they don't have, say, the the quality or the exclusives that PlayStation have. And it pains me to say it, but the like things like losing Halo until 2021, like that being pushed back, yeah. really hurts this launch. You know, that's going to have swayed a lot of people not to buy Xbox yet. Um, also, I know it's a third-party title, but something like Cyberpunk, you know, everyone's expecting that to be the big thing. And I, for one, am very curious on how it uses the Xbox hardware because uh, originally I was going to get that for my PC uh, just, you know, to see how good it is. But now the Xbox Series X is quite close. In fact, in some ways, it's much more powerful than my PC. Uh, I really want to try it on the Xbox now just to see how it uses the hardware and how it runs. And that's quite, it's quite different, isn't it, from the PlayStation 5, JC, in terms of the the exclusives that you've got and the, con- the launch games that are new when you actually buy the console. There's a lot more out there for PlayStation players rather than Xbox. Yeah, so like Doom says, the Xbox, have, they've kind of they've gone for a bit of a, a breadth of, of options, whereas like PS5 has the big exclusives. Um, so primarily you've got, Miles Morales, which is the big, I think that's the big one, I think, because they know that people loved and adored Spider-Man on the PS4, as did I, and they'll want to, they'll want to play Miles Morales. Uh, and that's, it's, it's a really, really fantastic game. Um, and then you've also got, uh, so Sackboy, Sackboy's Adventure, which uh, I am in the process of reviewing, uh, which if you're a fan of like Little, Little Big Planet, obviously it's another big PlayStation IP um, that might draw you in. And also one of the other big ones is the uh, Demon Souls remake as well, which is exclusive. So that's, you know, you've got those going on. And I think, now this is my, my big opinion here is that how this is where the two consoles sort of divert is that, the PlayStation, like Sony are selling you, this is the machine, these are the games, these are the exclusives, come to us for this. And for Xbox, it, it feels like they are, the machines are just an entry point to the real product, which is Game Pass, which is a phenomenal offering. That's, that's definitely, definitely true. And I think Microsoft have realized that they don't have the exclusives. They've got some great franchises, Halo. Don't have it yet. Sort of they don't it have yet. it yet, because we'll but, get on that in a minute. Yeah, so they realise that they kind of they lack a, a little bit of that star power, and Sony clearly have made the resources they've been able to throw money at companies to get to have. So Spider Man being a, like a PlayStation exclusive, even with the Avengers and having Spider Man being exclusive like downloadable character in the future for PlayStation, they clearly have the clout to do that. And I think the last generation Microsoft made some mistakes and they've learned from those and they've said right, we can't necessarily compete, so we're going to go with his Game Pass. It's a phenomenal proposition. PlayStation they are catering for another side which is again so we've got the big exclusives we've got we've got your spider-man we've got your demon souls we've got your sack boy and miles morales like a phenomenal game if you loved the previous spider-man game this is it's more of that in a very concise uh kind of uh mode it's uh, miles morales is a, sort of akin to the uncharted lost legacy sort of spin-off sequel that they did it's a, just a farm it's a little bit smaller um but far more concise um and demon souls i've not got to grips with yet but i'm definitely looking forward to that because demon souls was obviously was a ps3 game if i remember correctly like you know, quite a long time ago and that was you know obviously the instigator of this you know the souls like genre and as someone who missed out on that at the start kind of going back to this remastered version, we're seeing this remastered version, how they've updated it. And I didn't have a PS3 as well. So I'm going to get to kind of experience this game. I think it's just, it's a very tantalizing lineup for people who are either new to PlayStation or have been in the PlayStation ecosystem for quite uh, a long time. So yeah, so it's it's kind of just two different kind of offerings really uh, for people depending on their preferences. 
Yeah, and just to be clear as well, there are launch titles. We're just talking exclusive here. There are launch titles that are going to be available for both consoles. Uh, things like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5, Dirt 5, Fortnite, NBA 2K21, FIFA 21, and Watchdog Legions as well. They'll all be available on both consoles. So we were just talking about exclusive there. And I think in the delay to Halo Infinite has kind of hit Xbox there. And there's not really anything oh, yeah. to show off the hardware a bit, James. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, that, that like I said, that delay has really hit them. However, uh, I'm sure people have seen in the news, you know, Xbox, uh, Xbox, Microsoft haven't just been sitting around. They've been buying up small studios here and there. Uh, a little little uh, studio called Bethesda Softworks. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. They're quite small. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I've heard of them. <laughs> so that's really interesting. Obviously, it means not a lot right now, but it means the next uh, big Elder Scrolls game, Elder Scrolls Six, and uh, oh, what's their new title, their new IP, Star something... That will be coming out soon. And of course, Fallout, you know, the, everyone loves that franchise. Uh, maybe less so with Fallout 76. But the next Fallout game, you know, these could be console exclusives. And if they get those as console exclusives, I mean, they will really win some hearts and minds. Now, we haven't even touched on the Xbox Series S yet because that's that's something that um, it's interesting. You said, JC, that the both companies going out in different ways, really. With the Xbox Series S... That's $249.99 in comparison to the Xbox Series X, which is $449.99. Um, the PS5 has got a digital edition without the disk drive for $359, and then the PS5 is the normal price. But in terms of the Series S, James, um, I know you mentioned that you've, you've had that for a bit. How does it compare with the performance to the Xbox Series X, and what, what would be the point of buying one over the Series X? Yeah, so... As I said, the S um, is one of those things that makes it a much easier entry point into Xbox. Like if you have one of the old consoles or if you are maybe an Xbox in your prime console, if you're a PC gamer or maybe a Switch owner, maybe you're, if you're a casual gamer or someone sort of starting out, the S is such a great proposition. Um, also, performance-wise, obviously it is not going to... The GPU basically is the biggest difference between the S and the X. A lot of the features are exactly the same, but your the biggest technical difference is that the GPU is reduced. Um, so instead of the 12 teraflops that are in the X or the 10 teraflops that are in the PS5, uh, this one is operating at four teraflops and the Xbox uh, Series 1X was six. So on paper, it seems like a downgrade, but we've got you remember is the features from the Xbox Series X have transferred over. Uh, you do still have things like quick resume. You still have the 120 frames per second. You still have quite a powerful machine. The biggest difference is you don't really feel so much of a performance difference because it's not rendering in 4K. It doesn't need as much power, if that makes sense. So because it's not doing the full 4K, you don't notice such a, a huge dip in performance. In fact, to be honest, I didn't really notice much of any. Games looked just as good, ran just as well. The only dramatic difference I noticed with the S really that hurt it in my eyes was its um, internal uh, space it's hard drive space so it's a 512 but once you factor in obviously the operating system uh, needing space to run you get down to about 375 i think off the top of my head i know it's in the 300 range yeah i mean 
I, I know you said about the performance, about how it's kind of similar and things, but to me, I, I know it's only two hundred and forty nine ninety nine, but to me, it's like because of so little storage on it, and it being, I think it's around three fifty three sixty, like you said. If you download Call of Duty Warzone or Call, oh, of, Duty, yeah, Call of Duty Cold kills War, it. that's yeah. 120 gig. If you download Halo, uh, the Halo Master Chief Collection, that's 120 gig. You're pretty much full then. Um, yeah, that's so, that's its biggest weakness. So if you haven't got, a, if you don't need 4K gaming, fine, you can get the Series S. But then you're still really limited in terms of what you can actually what you can actually do with it. Um, so. I can't really see unless the the main thing that I can see from the the S is if you've got a Series X and you've got a PlayStation Five, you could put the Xbox Series S in like another room or for for like a small. They can't be in or... the same room together, otherwise they will cause a quantum singularity <laughs> yeah. and it'll end the world. You can't have them together. That's but... why JC's got the PS Five and I've got the X and S. Ah, I see, I see. But yeah, the Series S just strikes me as a like a secondary console rather than the main one. It can be, but it. So you're coming at it from from the uh, perspective of you know a, a you know a, a proper gamer kind of thing. If you're a bit more casual, or if you're, or e- even if you maybe you don't have a 4K television, maybe you've got a HD one, you know, or if you're not as concerned, if you're like, nah, not really a Call of Duty person. I mean, to be honest, most games are around the 20 to 50 gig mark um, that I've seen. There's just a few standout exceptions, obviously Call of Duty being one of them. So, you know, if you're careful with your space, it still is a pretty good offering. Also, remember, it still has expandable memory. And I'm not just talking about the um, the cards because they are prohibitively expensive. I mean, uh, just a, a hard drive that's compatible with the Xbox Series X and S. That will work. Obviously, you won't gain your super awesome loading times, but it will still work. I can't really see the point in it, to be honest. I get that it's like an entry thing, but I know it's cheap. Oh, I it's, love the S. Oh, it's just, yeah, I, 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 I played the S first when I got them both. I booted up the S first, and I was so thoroughly impressed because I was expecting it to be the kind of Coke light experience. You know, I was, I was expecting everything to be reduced, but to give me some idea of what to expect from the X. And honestly, it wasn't the case. It performed just as well as the X on most things. The, like I said, that, yeah. the hard drive thing was the most dramatic difference. And again, because it's not rendering 4K, you know, it's it's handling performance almost as good as the Series X. I suppose if you haven't got a 4K TV and you're not like a massive gamer, you're just doing it casually, I can see the argument for that because it, it's 1440p so is still good and yeah. it's scaled up in some cases to 4K. I mean, I honestly couldn't see much of a difference. Like I would have had to, as JC said, I would have had to put the two screens together and I just, I didn't, to be fair. I, I <laughs> ran them both through the same TV and I literally had them both running uh, Outer Worlds, I think it was, and I was switching between the two. I was like, yeah, they look nearly the same. Right, guys, it's been great talking to you both about the new consoles. It's time for your closing statements now, just like the presidential election that we've had. Uh, I thought it'd be just a nice way to finish it off in terms of why you should buy the PlayStation 5 versus the the Xbox Series X, because for people listening, they might be undecided, they might have already decided, but I think it's important for for both you guys, uh, James as a Microsoft guy and JC as a Sony guy, if we can just finish off with your closing statement as why you should buy each console so jc if you want to to go first i'll let you make your closing remarks oh crumbs um 
I'm try and be quite non bipartisan about it because i think that all the consoles have fantastic selling points and this is quite an interesting generation where they all kind of seem to serve a different purpose i think so you know xbox one sorry xbox series x is just a beast it's a powerhouse and you've got fantastic game pass options on there the xbox series x i think is also i think that's a great console in itself as well i think for for parents if you can say right i can buy my kid the brand new console for 250 quid and then pay like seven pounds to get Access to 100 games day one out of the box is fantastic. The PS5, the one that I've reviewed, is fantastic because it has brilliant exclusives, fantastic exclusives, uh, and more coming down the line. It's got that star power, and I think if you've been a long-time PlayStation owner, you'll find a lot to love here. There's a lot of fan service in both the design of the hardware and some of the software. You've got some great games coming down the line. And the haptic controller, uh, you know, the haptic feedback in the controller is one of the, it's a huge selling point. And I think it's more to find the console that works for you, that has the things that you want. But if you're a PlayStation fan, you will have a lot to love with the PlayStation 5. I think they've done a, a fantastic job of it. And uh, there's a lot of potential in that console for some really, really great games. Thanks, JC. I was, I was expecting to moderate a bit more, to be honest. Uh, I think we need a bit more, like, in, in this day and age with everything that's going on in the world, I think we need a bit more kind of perspective and be a bit more magnanimous and kind of like, you know, like, I'm not a big fan of fanboyism, if I'm honest. I think people should like what they like and enjoy what they enjoy and let other people enjoy what they enjoy. But also the, the, the consoles now, these consoles, for the first time in a very long time, serve very specific purposes for very different markets and types of people. And uh, yeah, I just think, you know, it, it's, it's all about the games at the end of the day. As long as you're enjoying games, whatever box you're doing it on, whatever you're using to control it, just, you know, enjoy yourself. Great point. Thanks, Jay-Z. Um, JC, not Jay-Z. Uh, <laughs> We've got JC, <laughs> Jay-Z on the line. Oh, now I did it. <laughs> James, your closing statement, if you will. Oh, I was going to I was gonna really go for the jugular, but JC's been so nice, I can't do it now. Uh, as JC says, like whatever kind of works for you, they have gone in some very different directions this gen, and that's actually really good. It means that you, know, you can benefit. If you had the money, you could get both consoles, or you could just go specifically what works best. You know, for you, Xbox have gone with a sort of two-pronged approach. They've got the um, the easier entry point with the S. So again, if you're not as concerned with the graphics uh, and the memory issue, the S is such a great proposition. I'd say it's a better way of doing it than PlayStation have done there, full-fat PlayStation and then the digital edition for 100 quid cheaper. I think X and S having some good distinctions is is really good. The X is obviously the one with all the power. However, they don't really have anything to show off that power at the moment. So PlayStation, you know, are making the most of their IPs and I think that's really good. Controller-wise, they've definitely got the edge there too. But, you know, Xbox have things like the Games Pass, you know, and the EA games have just been added uh, yesterday. So that's just expanded even more. So it's even more ridiculous, along with its backwards compatibility. Both have insanely short load times and are insanely powerful graphically. You really can't lose with either of them. And if neither of them were appealing to you, go ahead and buy a Nintendo Switch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lovely. Thanks. Thanks, James. I just wanted to finish off by, aren't we, aren't we lucky that obviously we've had a, a terrible 2020? Everyone has. It's been a nightmare year for everyone. But aren't we lucky that video games and the industry, we've got two massive next-gen consoles. We've got things like the Nintendo Switch. We've got amazing games. It's just a brilliant time to be involved in games, especially with the industry of esports growing ever bigger as well. Are we lucky to be doing what we're doing right now in terms of gaming and esports? Oh, yeah. I mean, games have had so much more focus on them 
uh, due to COVID. So, you know, more people are playing them at the moment. And it's opened a lot of people's eyes. A lot of people I know who are sort of lapsed gamers who weren't really into it through things like the new Xbox, the Switch, and even Stadia. They've been kind of reintroduced into gaming and have said to me like, oh, wow, gaming's really good now. It's come a long way. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. So, and with the growth of things like esports, it really does show that it's becoming a much more mainstream thing rather than a sort of basement hobby, you know, for, for the fringes and for the nerds out there. It's, it's so much more sort of normalized and every day now. What a lovely way to finish. Thanks both, both guys for coming on. Uh, James Iden, and JC Sutton. Guys, where Thanks can people follow you if, if they don't already? Well, I'm on, uh, so I do a podcast called Black Mirror Cracked, where we talk about, yeah, you guessed it, Black Mirror. Uh, also, my articles are on the Mirror and the Tech section. My name's James Ide, so you can find it through that. And on Twitter, I'm at Gymography. It's spelt with a Y. I'll let you work out the spelling. And as for me, yeah, my stuff is on uh, the Mirror website, mirror.co.uk. Uh, you can go to mirror.co.uk forward slash video dash games, where you see all of our gaming content, uh, including a lot of reviews, a lot of next-gen reviews as well that I'm furiously working on at the minute it's, just, it's part of the reason why i sound so down because i've had very little sleep over the past week having to kind of cram all these games and harder reviews in so um yeah they're a website for everything you want to read thanks guys for coming i really appreciate it and hope you enjoy your next gen console experience <laughs> over the next few weeks and years it's, it's going to be it's going to be a good ride to be on and it's going to get even even bigger and even more exciting as time goes on so uh looking forward to it thanks guys thanks nathan cheers for having us Thank you for listening to the Level Up podcast and esports and gaming show. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast and follow us on social media at Level Up Pod. We'll be back for another episode very soon. <laughs> <laughs>